Come along with us as we discuss our heritage for our legacies. Welcome to our journey. Hey, y'all, this is Michael. This is Keith. Hey, today's show, um, we're going to be doing a little little bit different approach on things. And uh, we got a different direction that we're going to try to go in our podcast. And that's uh, it's going to lead up to um, some things that, you know, we got planned in the future. And, you know, we keep praying to see which way God wants us to go with this podcast because we want it done you know for his glory so uh we've seen a lot of things you know through some of the guests that's come on and talked with us you know we've done our heritage we know our you know our faith came from and things that you know the good lord has done for us um and i i mean i got some news a while ago that you know it was really really emotional for me exciting I don't want to go into the details of it, but I'll tell you that, that he's, he's working. He's working on people, but he's also using us to be uh, a voice. He's making us strong enough to, to talk to these people and, and say what it is that the Holy Spirit puts on our, on our heart to say. We can't be weak, men especially. You can't be weak. you got to have that relationship with the Holy Spirit and be able to say things that are on your heart and say in tough times you got to be able to speak up it might not feel right at the time but he's prepared that moment and uh you know there was there's been several changes you know like Jeff and Jeffers and David me things here at the church Mm -hmm. there's been changes um he's he's built us up um you know what what other i mean besides besides jeffers jeff and jamie jamie vale uh the church improving you know and david you know sharing things you sharing things um i've shared things that i didn't think i'd ever be able to say especially to a crowd I know we ain't got but 17 followers and listeners, but, you know, it's, you know, I, I just, I was, I was not bold enough back in the day to do this. But um, today's guest, um, we started off, <laughs> we were talking a while ago, and our, our journey started off a long time ago. <laughs> but uh, today's guest is uh, Roger Ritchie. Um, Roger and I used to work at the tractor place together, and... So I want to welcome Roger. I'm glad to be here. Good deal. Um, so we were talking a while ago. So I met you and your family how many years ago? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably about. Uh, I think the boys were. 18. Seven. Almost seven 18 ago. years ago. Yeah, about 18 years ago we were introduced. I coached his little brother, um, Brennan, with Coy's team. And. You know, over the years, they—that was one of the only families that that agreed with my method of coaching because <laughs> I got on them. And you know, Miss Richie and Mister Richie, they—they they always supported me in what I was trying to accomplish with them. And those boys grew up. They—they, they, you know, made good athletes too. But uh, Roger come to share his story today. Um, and that's where our our show is going to lead to. Well, and and what we're looking at is we we've made two, uh, I guess what we call seasons of podcasts, and um, we're kind of working outside now of our our box yeah. of of um, how we've done things. Um, we're leading up to this men's. Saturday, um, we've got a speaker coming from Texas. Uh, he's going to be on the podcast with us Wednesday night. Um, he's a friend of Jeff Holloway. And um, the Lord laid it on my heart for us to call this, What's Your Story? And I, I talked to Michael about it, and Michael texted me back and said, Hey, why don't we uh, do a new 
uh, season, this will be the third one for podcast, and we'll call it What's Your Story, and we'll have different people on to share their story leading up. And I think it's going to go past November, but um, what we've got to be bold enough to do is share our story, the good, the bad, the ugly, um, because there's so many people out there that are going through things, and a lot of times I say the enemy tells us that it, you know, our story doesn't pertain. Yeah, you're the only one. You're the only one. That's far Um, from true. And and what God's wanting us to do is share that to encourage, to build up, to edify him because it doesn't matter how bad our story is, when we realize that God was in the midst of it when it was bad, we start seeing where it turned around. And so um, that's going to be this next season of podcast. There's going to be different people coming on Um David may not be on here so much because he's right now he he's busy. Yeah. Um, he told me tonight I got to work on the computer. Well, for those of you that don't know, that is not David's uh, forte. He he doesn't like to be behind a computer, but because of the events that have gone over, on over the last two or three weeks, he's behind. And he said, "Hey, I got to work on that this evening." So um, David's not gone off run off from us um he just said hey you know when i got something else i need to share i'll let y'all know i said hey that's and and there may come a time where i'm not on here or michael's not on here but what we're doing is we're understanding that god's got people coming on here that he's planning right we're going to try to keep the synonymous podcasters (laughs) me and michael or david and um to, to get on here to to share these stories. But um, what we want y'all to know is that it's not anybody's pulling out. It's that God's using us in different directions. Right. Um, so today we're starting off with Roger. I met him two years ago at the tractor place. Um, and then come to find out there's a connection there that I didn't even know about. And um, what we found out is in in all of these uh, relationships that God has networked us. And after we start asking for prayer and all, we find out, wait a second, there's a connection here with so-and-so. Because they're asking about prayer for this person, and we didn't even know that it was the same person. Right. And we're like, wow, this is this is just amazing. So when uh, Michael told me Roger wanted to come on, I said, let's do it. Let's, let's go in this direction. So that's our story for how we're changing gears a little bit. 10-4. So, uh, Roger, in this season, what's one of your favorite or – in your lifetime, what's what's your favorite verse? Um, I didn't know he was going to ask that. Put me <laughs> on the spot. Uh, let me see. I got one written down, and it's written billion. It's really been on my mind. It's uh, Isaiah thirty eighteen, and I got my Bible right here. I'll I'll read it. What was we studying this? Morning? What was your take on what we were studying this morning? <laughs> Well, we got to church, and uh, we didn't have an air conditioner. <laughs> so we had to switch gears a little bit and go to the back where it was cool. Yeah. Um, and it was something simple. David had two capacitors at his house, and after church we put one in, and we didn't even have to move to podcasting. Uh, it's cool in here now. And I think what you what you think about putting it on the back porch at the house when it cools off a little bit? I, that sounds like a winner to me. <laughs> Just a change of scenery. Yeah. I'm mistaken. That's not the right verse. <laughs> um, so I, I'm good at that. I put you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, let me diversion here. I don't like the way that one is worded. <laughs> I, we understand that. Yeah. yeah it's um, still in Isaiah. It gives... It's in Isaiah, and a preacher actually preached on this morning, but I was in the book of Isaiah when I was, God gave me something that he's never 
he's never late and he's always on time. Yeah. The other day, and it was and uh, something I was reading reference to verse in Isaiah, but it's talking about um, going through adversities in life or hard times, and it says suffering. Uh, and though the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, let your teachers not or let your teachers will not be moved into a corner anymore, but your eyes shall be your teachers. But basically, what we uh, when when the Lord helps you through something, it don't mean it's going to be easy. And you're going to have adversities come up, difficulties, and uh, in the last, I say, m- two months, man, it's just life's hit me hard. Uh, got an eye injury where I, I thought I was going to end my career because I, I didn't know what was going to happen. But uh, I, it just the way the Lord's worked in the last few weeks is pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, the same thing that you just read about is exactly the kind of what we were going over. It was a different verse in Isaiah, but <laughs> it was suffering. Yeah. And how, how we overcome things. Well, what we got to think about is everything that we read about Christ's life, he suffered. Yeah. He, he, he didn't have it easy. Um, he didn't have it easy with his friends, the disciples. They, they created problems. Um, but he overcame them. Mm-hmm. Why? To show us that we're going to come up against adversity. We're going to come up against trials. And what do we have to do? We have to trust on God to to see us through them. Right. And and the Holy Spirit. We got to turn it over. That's it. And it's when we turn it over, He's able to make something of it. If we don't turn it over. We can't expect him to do anything with it. That's right. So, you know, and, and he sent the Holy Spirit after Christ was gone as that helpmate. Our guide. Our guide to get us through these situations that we come up against. But we can't expect everything to go like we plan, easy. Once you get saved, go ahead and hold on, buckle up, because things are going to come up that are going to be difficult they're going to be tough but he builds us up through those right so you came on to tell a story what's your story well i can go a bunch of different ways with this but <laughs> uh i don't want to get too lengthy but i'll just you probably got all the time in the world we'll just start off last november when i um left the left a tractor company and went and did something that I thought was going to be good, but my mind was not in godly places. I was just thinking about the money. Now, I'll pro- I got to provide for my family, and I thought it was going to be good and in the end, but all I was thinking about was the money, and it was a it was a pay raise. That's all I was thinking about. And uh, I went out there, and then within the first two months, I was so unhappy. I was working every other Saturday and then there was some months I worked every Saturday didn't mm-hmm. have no time with my friends and then or not my friends but my family and uh felt exhausted all the time didn't stop going to church just didn't want to do anything when I was finally off on Sundays I uh I was just exhausted physically and so fast forward I've been starting in June and July I was praying saying Lord, please get me out of this. I, I I made a mistake going out there, but there was purpose for me to go out there also. But um, I wanted time with my family. And uh, my grandmother, she, we went to eat lunch with her one day, and this was before my before my eye injury. She said, what, are you do, what did you do with all the extra money that you're making? I said, to be honest, nothing. I said, I haven't saved none of it. I didn't. I didn't have insurance out there. I didn't have like there was some there was no benefits. I didn't have no time off. Like all the holidays are since it's a family owned business. They don't give holidays, so we gotta work those and I just I wasn't really working that many hours, but the schedule of the hours was what was hurting me because it was Saturdays and then I'd have off on the Monday afterwards, but my kids are in school yeah. on Mondays and I, I I couldn't spend no time with them. So but 
I felt like I'm praying, praying, praying about, hey, I need out of this. Lord, help me. But I never sat down and really listened to say, hey, uh, what, where do you want me to go? And uh, so I just kept on doing what I was doing. My, my dad taught me to work. And no matter what, you got hired to do a job, do your job. Don't complain about it. So I just kept working and working. And then July 28th. I went to work like a regular normal day and right before lunch and uh, I wasn't wearing my safety glasses like I should should have been and I was cutting on the bottom of a door and a piece hit me in the eye come off of there and hit me in the eye and I uh right when it hit me in the eye when I opened my eye I could tell there was something different about like I've been a mechanic 12 years I've been hit in the eye before but this time it was like wait wait a minute this is blurry and something ain't right so then I went on the rest of the day thinking it was going to be all right finished work then I went back to work the next day on that Saturday and by lunchtime it was unbearable I was like I can't take this no more so I went to Jessup uh, sat there for four hours they basically told me put some drops in it Mm. and then uh, I'll be good in three days so I was like okay well Monday came around it ain't no better and I can't hold my eye open and I was getting scared at this point and I almost didn't call my eye doctor my wife was like you're gonna call the eye doctor (laughs) <laughs> me being prideful as a man i'm like no i'm not yeah but about she'll straighten you out about 10 o'clock she said you're going to call the eye doctor i was like okay i called him she says they said be there at one o'clock and so i went and got an eye exam like i've done before i've had glasses before so i was like everything was going good until the doctor said wait a minute let me go get the other doctor i'm like well i uh-oh. think uh-oh <laughs> yeah i said okay so i sat there about 10 minutes he come back in he goes, oh, she's going to look at your eye. Was, uh, the other doctor that's at that location in Waycross, she said, um, Mr. Ritchie, you got something in your eye, like in the middle, it, uh, foreign material. I said, well, I've figured that since I can't hold my eye open really good. So they said, we're sending you to Brunswick right now. So we go down there, and I forgot to say this. I can't ask for a better brother. He took all work, the whole process of me, the five locations I went to, he took me there. Yeah. And uh, God bless me with a younger brother that he'll That's charge it. hell with a water pistol for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I uh, I thank God for him, and uh, I wouldn't trade him for nothing. But uh, he took off work to take me to Waycross, and then we went to, straight to Brunswick. They said, go down there as soon as possible. We got we tell him we're on the way. So we go down there. We sit in the waiting room and it was already after closing we were like one of the last ones to come in they said mr ritchie do you have insurance i said no sir he said well we can't do nothing for you he said so we're going to send you to gainesville to the student call it the college down there and see if they can do you and then he told us don't leave until they remove whatever's in your eye and i'm like well it must be really bad this whole time i ain't prayed about please save my eye i'm just going like i'm i'm just the way I am, I'm just tread, go straight through life, just keep on trucking. I don't. Yeah. I don't, he was handling it. Yeah. He was handling it, but at, the whole time I ain't even asked him to make please no, save my eye. You were handling it. Yeah. You I was handling I wasn't letting him. it over. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't turning it over to him. But so we, we go home because the doctor down there told me I need to get my eye drops. They don't want to get infected because if it did, there was no saving my eye. So we go home. Brennan there, Brennan's there waiting on us to drive us down there because my wife came down there after she got off work to Brunswick. So then at this point, I, I couldn't even hold my eye open. And I was riding around with my eyes closed. Um, so we went down there, sat in the ER until like 4 in the morning. They released us, told us, we schedule your surgery for Wednesday. Well, I didn't think I could make it to Wednesday because it hurt so bad. So we went back to Jacksonville to the the place that it's the same place that was in Brunswick, but we went to Jacksonville and they told us to go to St. Vincent's. Well, he talked to the eye doctor over there at the retina institution, the one at the ER. He said, "Yep, you might as well wait till Wednesday because there's nothing we can do for any faster." So I went home, sat at the house for two days. I was like, "What am I gonna do?" I'm like my eye hurts, can't hold it open. Still ain't asked the Lord take care of nothing i'm just doing my own thing so and then we go uh finally go down on wednesday brennan takes us we go down there 
and they do the surgery get to leave like right after and uh now i'm out of work indefinitely i don't know when i'm going back to work but i know i don't want to go back to where i was at because i don't want to get any details there was some issues with me not wearing safety glasses workman's comp and all that and me taking off and i just didn't want to and i really didn't put no mind to it and then i couldn't go to church but i started praying lord just I finally started praying, Lord, just let me heal up so I can provide for my family. Because as a man, that's our job is to provide for our family. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to be able to. I'm a little bit, uh, it's sketchy right here. <laughs> yeah. 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 So finally we went back. Oh, I had to go, I had surgery on Wednesday. I had to go right back down there on the next Thursday. And they, uh, they said, you're out of work until we release you. So you got an appointment next tuesday come back then and we'll see with progress they said you i could see it this like when i had surgery they taped it shut and uh i said it's kind of oxymoron it's kind of eye opener when you get your eye taped shut and you can't see you're like hmm yeah yeah uh, and then when she finally took that patch off my eyes like, hey i can see this is amazing and it was it was really blurry but that i right then and there i thank god i was like thank you for letting me be able to open my eye and see because for three or four days we all thought that I wasn't going to have any vision in my eye but fast forward to about a week before I got released I uh I had a couple more interviews and I told the people I was going to come interview for them and I did interview in Woodbine it just didn't seem right to go down there to Woodbine I said that's something that it's too much of a like I, it's not all about the money but you still got to have enough to pay your bills and i was like just i'm not at peace with that so then i had another interview and then i was on the i was in the parking lot or i prayed that morning i said lord you lead me where you want me to go i said wherever you want me to go to work i said i don't want to go back to where it was at so i prayed that and when i was in the line to pick up my daughter I got a text message from a friend I ain't heard from and since I worked at Rush in like 2000 and uh, I think it was 2020. I ain't heard from him since then. He said, are you interested in a job? <laughs> I said, hmm, that ain't coincidence. <laughs> no. So uh, I text him, yes, I will. And he said, well, here's the boss's number. Call him and he wants to talk to you. So I said, called him. I had an interview the next day. Got up early, went over to Douglas, had, uh, was there at 8.30. About 8.45, I was walking out, and I had a job offer on the table. They just had to work out the money side of it. Basically walked in and had the job. I said, Lord, thank you. <laughs> thank you. And it's Monday through Friday. And uh, since then, I have I've been working. I got released to go to work the following week. So then, Because I, I stepped out on faith. I didn't know I was going to get released or not. I said, I can start here, but that's a maybe. And uh, I told the Lord, I said, I'm stepping out on faith that you're going to clear me to work and my eyes going to be better. And I accepted the job, and then I was able to go to work two weeks ago. Um, so you've had your job for two weeks now? Two weeks. Has he shown you who you're, why you're there? Not yet, but I know there's a reason I'm there. And uh you know another thing i want to say is my wife's been asking me to go to church and this whole time when i've been working out there i haven't been going to church we're going to hit or miss every once in a while and everybody says well, you don't have to go to church to be saved but okay well somebody plays professional bat baseball if they don't go to the batting cage and they only bat during the game they're not really going to be that good so if you don't go seek the lord at church then because most of the time at the house you're kind of like well I got dishes to do. I got trash to take out. Got the lawn to cut. You're not. You're, you're gonna put the Bible on the back burner most of the time. So, we. I told my wife. I said, I'm, we're, when this happened, I told her after we got through it. And I said, we're because I, I couldn't go to church at first because all the lights. I was real sensitive to the light in my eye, and I had to wear sunglasses. I felt weird the first time we went after I got cleared because I had wore sunglasses inside the whole time. <laughs> But I told him, or we 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 started going, and uh, the, about the second Sunday we started going back to church. Lord got a hold of me. He said, "It's time. 
<laughs> it's time to it's time to quit running. Yeah. And uh, take off your running shoes and put your work boots on. Yeah. And uh I was telling you before when we was talking that uh he called me to the Lord has called me to spread his word. I don't know what in what I don't know what to put the word. I don't how know. to do it, what how, to do. Uh, how to do it to or do it. where to do it, but that's why I wanted to come on here because this is a way I can spread what he's done in my life. And uh, he he did that in 2017, and I've been running ever from, from it ever since. Yeah. I did it for a little bit in Waycross. I was the youth leader over there, our youth director. And then when COVID hit, I kind of just dropped out of that and didn't want to do it anymore. And uh, There were other reasons. Yeah, there's other reasons, and there's other reasons there, and and I do want to talk about that a little bit because it's it's a it's something that that goes on in a lot of church. Um, you ain't got to say where it is or anything like that, but you had a story about you were teaching a class and you were at the end, and then somebody come in to take the kids out or. Hmm. Oh, um, I, oh, that was at the before I took the youth pastor position. I remember I wanted was you're talking about now. So at a church before I took my where I actually got called to to preach or whatever the Lord lead me to do. We uh, there's a on Wednesday nights I was helping teach the college and careers class because uh, the. The person that had it was going under cancer treatment, so he had to take off for a while. And uh, so while he was undoing all that, I took, um, he asked me to teach his class. So then I, I accepted and I did that. And one night we got done earlier, and I went over there to, uh, I had to talk to the, the youth pastor. And uh, these the parents were like, it's 830. Uh, we got to go in there. And I told him, you're not, I stood right there in front of the door and I told him, you're not going to interrupt this service. I said, there's souls in the balance right now. I said, somebody could be giving their life to Jesus right now. And if you bust in that door, that could be their last time. Right. That, that, and, uh, something with, uh, my, what I've said about my story is I was thinking about it when my time off is, what if this was the last time the Lord chase me to get my life back now it says he leaves the 99 to find the one but who says that this is not the last time he says hey you're called to do something yeah so that's and that kind of ties into that other story like i stood there and told him you're not interrupting because god has no time right. my wife got saved at two in the morning right the girl that was standing there <laughs> with me got saved at midnight at church camp so there's no time limit on when god can work it can be after a worship service. It don't have to be in the worship service. That's right. So, and we don't have to. It ain't always going to happen in four walls either. Mm-mm. And it ain't about convenience. That's Mm-mm. right. You know how um, how much are you willing to give to to receive? Right. And that's 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 where we've got to make this shift from being convenience oriented christians yeah to be in whatever the the case may be christians you know um and and saying god wherever you put me whenever you put me there i'm willing to be there and and you may stand around and look at one another the first few times yeah mm-hmm. uh, you know yeah. um it ain't he has a plan mm-hmm. and and when we Turn it over and say, God, it's out of my control. It's yours. You use me how you want to, and and I'll do it. Um, I only have a little bit to offer, but you got a lot more to offer than I do. That's when he takes us on, and the challenge becomes real. Yep. You know, and and that's what I'm hearing out of your story is, you just say, Hey, I gotta I gotta let it go. Yeah, where, it, you, where you want me to go? That's what I was hearing. Yeah, and, and a lot of times it's just it's my nature. I try to fix things a lot. My, I'm a fixer. 
I don't, I don't don't like, (laughs) yeah, I don't like letting other people fix it, but I don't, I'm like, I don't like confrontation either. So if there's a possible way to fix it, I try to fix it. Sometimes when you're at the (laughs) rock bottom, you just got to give it up. Say, Lord, it's yours. I can't, I can't do nothing else. And uh, back to what you were saying at the beginning of the podcast about our relationship, I had and you asked the question, why? what was the purpose of me being where I'm at now? And I don't know that yet, but God revealed that purpose while I was at Ace Equipment because <laughs> some stuff that went on in, in my life, and that, that's a whole, that'll be a whole nother podcast. Go Just, ahead. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, like our relationship was started when Brennan was five and six years old. Right. Well, God knew the man of God you were going to be way back then, way back then that's going to have to help me through my marital problems that I caused myself right through. And, and then there was other people in the situation too, that was helping, but God knew I was going to need you as my boss man at that one point in time when I crossed paths with you to uh, help me through that. And I thank God for you, the man of God you are. I'm thankful for him too. For put, for putting words in my mouth, because you know, and that's something we I was talking about earlier. Being obedient, don't be scared to say what it is he lays on your heart to say. And I struggled with that, especially then, because I was what a mm, couple months out of surgery. Because mm-hmm. that that uh, you know your your story where he told you to be still. Or he closed your eyes, and once you had your surgery, he he opened the, he removed the scales. Other in other words, he he removed the veil. Well, he removed the veil on me just a couple months before that. Yeah, you know, and when I had my surgery, he he told me to be still, and I was listening, and I was you know went through the same stuff that you you described, um, asking questions trying to make sure that I was hearing things correctly and understanding things correctly. And and I have Keith to thank for that, for answer, answering a well, lot of questions. let's put it this way. He might have been on the couch <laughs> and listening, but he his fingers were texting <laughs> a lot. And, and Well, I was getting words every, yeah. every few hours. I, he was telling me, say this to somebody or say this and and that was where it it came to a point with me and michael where we were talking so much you know um that he realized through that process of being down hey wait a second there I, i gotta do things a little different and he began to do them and as he began to do it different than what was his normal mode, mm-hmm. and God started using him more. And and the part about Roger's story was, so as a pastor, you get caught in the middle. And a lot of times you don't know you're in the middle. <laughs> so I get a text from Michael or a phone call from Michael about what's going on with Roger Without names. Without names. <laughs> without names. And then I get a phone call or a text from my sister that I didn't know who she was talking about, but he, she is working with his mama. Roger's mama. Roger's mama is my sister's parapro. And so I get this story. And, I, and, 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 I, and, and I'm a little dense, okay? <laughs> so all of a sudden... I think I was with Michael, and I said, well, wait a second. This is the same situation, (laughs) and we're praying for it, and we've got all these people praying, and nobody knows who it is, and I really didn't know who it was, and then I just was able to piece it together, you know, and and God showed us, hey, wait a second. The way y'all have been doing this, the way the church has been doing this for so long is changing. That's right. And and so then we started just whoever needed prayer, we'll we'll pray for it. Yeah, you know, and and that was a turning point, and it was 
it wasn't the best of circumstances for Michael, what he was going through, the surgery, the back problems that started years ago. Yeah, 25 plus years ago. Um, But God said, I'm going to use this for my glory. I'm going to use this to show how I can be involved in lives yeah. today. And what a, the pastor said today at church, he said, do not waste your va- the time in the valley because that's where God can work the most. Yeah. yeah. And he can reveal, and he'll turn, see, the enemy, God allows, he don't do anything to anybody until God allows it. Right. But God will turn anything bad into something good, no matter that's what it, it yeah. is. Definitely. And uh, I, one thing I wanted to say that uh, is the story of Noah, where human nature, uh, I, you can't tell me that um, Noah was inside there not worried about everybody outside. Right. But the only reason he couldn't, he didn't, uh, couldn't open the door to save him is because he didn't close that door. That's right. God closed that That's door. Right. That's and it. what I want to do, what I'm striving to do is, God has closed a chapter in my life where I was at, and I don't want to try to force it back open, Mm-mm. and I'm walking through the door he has opened now. That's it. That's right. That's exactly it. Yeah. So, and keeps keep stepping. Um, so, and to back up what you were saying about us praying for everybody, that's when we started sharing on Telegram. Yeah. Everybody in our group was praying. Mm-hmm. I mean, we might had we might have had ten people in there. That, yeah. What's it up to now? It's eighty, probably. So, and Roger just joined, you know, a couple of weeks ago, or yeah, yeah, about a couple of weeks ago. So, but that's what that's for is so everybody knows who to pray for or what to pray for, what situation to pray for. So we're all on the same page, and we're not just, you know, praying for this, and it might be that we needed to be praying for that, you know, because if you can identify exactly what you need to pray for, that's what we need to pray for. Yeah. And, and the same thing almost in, in a, in a different way happened this week. Um, over the weekend, we had two different people that posted the same (laughs) prayer request from two different angles that were connected with the same person (laughs) from two different, from and and I didn't even know one of and, and there's really a third angle that me and Elizabeth knew the person through somebody. And and so we were sitting at home last night talking about it and Liz Ann goes, That's so and so. And we said, Yeah, he got burned. Um and this is how, you know, uh, Andrea works with this person and then I found out that this other person that requested it, there's a family connection there. And and that just shows me that God's using this Yeah, he is. for his glory. Right. I mean, and, and the way you, we couldn't make these stories up if we wanted to. The connections. The connections. Yeah, I know when my mom told me she was over there and uh, your sister was talking my um, pray for this family. They're going through a rough time, and and I'll tell I'll tell you part of the story. Like I was three days in a row, I was supposed to go to the lawyer's office to sign papers. Like it was already written in stone. I'm going, and uh, my mama called me. She said, "I got a blown tire. Can you come and fix?" Me? That's I right. Said, I said, "Okay, I'm gonna go over there." And I told my I said, "I gotta go rescue my mama." She goes, "That's fine. Go." come back when you get done so i left work went over there fixed the tire and uh while i'm there she's like so um the lead teacher was telling them they're praying for somebody at their church and he said so and so and she said mike and he goes you're praying for my son she goes there's no way there's (laughs) no way and she goes yes you are because he's going that what you described is exactly what my son's going through right now so I didn't wasn't able to go to the lawyer's office that day, so I scheduled it two days later. So then my mom calls me again. Hey, my car broke down outside Harvey's. <laughs> I was supposed to go that afternoon. I was supposed to leave work early to go that afternoon. And then uh, so I go 
tow her from Harvey's in the middle of the highway to the little Walmart. And uh, so they get the tow truck, finish it up. So then I call the guy and say, I ain't going to make it today. I'm stuck in traffic pulling my mom. And so then we scheduled it for the next Monday. And I don't actually remember what happened this time, but there was a third thing. Wasn't able to make it. I said, Lord, this is you speaking to me. I said, I am not going to see that lawyer. Yeah. I said, I don't, I don't care what I got to do. I'm going to give it to you and let you fix it. And uh, I give God the glory for fixing my marriage because it was in shambles because of yeah. my doing. Not, I can make excuses. It was this, that, and that. I'm the supposed to supposed to be the spiritual leader in my family, and I failed at that. And I'm not completely to where I need to be, but um, way better than I was. He can do it. That's it. Mm-hmm. You turn it over, he'll do it. And it's and it's amazing that, so my wife, she she went on to her stepsister's wedding down in Florida. Before we left, we were at each other's throats. We couldn't be in the same room. She had already moved out and moved, lived with her uh, her grandma. And, I, and I'm taking a lot of pride to talk about this and like specific details and because i'm not i don't like sharing it but like it was done there's no fixing it and then so when all this while she was down there she spent a weekend down there that same weekend is when i went to fix the tires she said i already signed my part you go do yours so then we so that thursday i went and couldn't go to that day and whatever so the Lord got a hold of me. I don't know why I was in the shower. He was in the shower. And I was just bawling. He was washing it. And so I was bawling and saying, Lord, I need you to fix this. And then before the three times of fixing my mom's car and helping her, I was already praying the Lord to fix it. And then after the three times I gave it to him, I was praying, Lord, you fix it. So we was at each other's throats. We just didn't want to be around each other. My kids, they don't know what's going on. And uh, when she come back, I was a whole totally different person. She said, I don't understand. Like before, you hated me. You didn't want to be around me. And I told her, I said, you can believe it if you're not, but the Lord got a hold of me. And now we still we still arguing, but it ain't like it used to be. I can tell you that. <laughs> you going to have that. You gonna, yeah. <laughs> you so, going to have that. Uh, any marriage is not going to be perfect. Right, right. No arguments. But I'll tell you this, the Lord truly fixed my marriage and one time before i asked him to fix it and i i don't say this is the reason why we got another uh, close to being divorced but somebody asked me one time after that time i said he said they said well how'd you fix your marriage i took credit for it mm-hmm. guess what the lord showed me he said okay <laughs> yeah yeah i didn't yeah. i didn't tell him the truth i told him i did i fixed it pride uh, pride but uh the lord we're, we're not supposed to have pride right and uh i just thank the lord that he blessed me with with a wife and the kids i have and and then now i have my weekends off like i want to so i can spend it with them and uh i'm just thankful for what what the lord's doing in my life and i want his will for my life and we have like as humans we have personal stuff we want to do but most of the time we just need to put that aside and say, Lord, what do you want? And, and that's that's one of the things that I I guess he's really, over the years, burned into me. You know, a lot of people take the scripture where it says, he'll give you the desires of your heart. And they take it as, whatever I want, he's going to give me. And what they fail to realize is, He's way more capable than that. He's going to put desires into your heart that he has for you. Mm -hmm. And when you follow those desires is when he really uses you to his potential, not your potential. Um, And so being available, you know, um, and, and you got it right. Because it was that day when when you went to work on that tire, my sister calls me and goes, you ain't going to believe this. <laughs> I said, what are you talking about? And she started telling, and, I, and it finally hit, oh, wait a second. 
yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. And and I put it all together. But but that's how God wants to work and network us together. And it's not about a church. It's not about a preacher. It's about following what God has for each one of us individually. Mm-hmm. And 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 being on board to support everybody that we can. That that's need in need for it. Right. And everybody's not called to do the same thing. No. Well, no. the only thing that we all are called to do is serve. That's, that's it. Right. And but everybody has their different things that they're called to do. Their gifts. Uh, yes. And uh and the Lord is never going to waste the opportunity. No. So, see, are you nervous now? No. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't to start with. Yeah. He was worried. Yeah. yeah. I, Old I, big boy coming here with his knees shaking. I, no. <laughs> I wrote down like three pages of stuff, and I ain't even opened the book yet. So, right. Right. It, it just uh. Well, was, and 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 that's how we've seen this podcast work time after time after time is it's God working through it. Um, people are, are worried or are scared or whatever. And, and what we want people to see is your story matters and God's got you there for a reason. And then when they get in here, they start sharing. Right. And, and he easy. starts opening doors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was. I told him when he first asked me, and you know, I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I want to do that. But my other pastor friend that was helping me through my marriage, he, he was actually doing the marriage counseling for me. He uh, he said, I'm just going to tell you this. I'm not telling you to do it, not to do it. He said, your story might help somebody else that's going through it. the same thing or something like it. Yeah. So you never know where this is going to go. Reach out to and uh since I've re- I don't like the word I don't like the re- word rededicate. Right. It's used too much. Like but I, I since I've re surrendered my life to the yeah. Lord, I like that word better. That um the Lord has actually gave me a message that I've yeah. been trying to work on. I don't know where I'm gonna share it, but I'm gonna work on it. And uh and I I, I actually posted it on the telegram that he's never he's never late and he's always on time. I, I Perfect. That's uh, because Perfect I don't know how is it going to go, but I got some stuff written down from it. But when God leads me and opens the door, I'm going to go through it. And that's that's awesome. And and it's awesome to have my wife on board. Like every time I've done the church thing before, she really wasn't. She's kind of iffy about it. She's like, I don't know if I want to do that. But this time, it's I feel like it's the Lord's will because she wants to do stuff too. That's awesome. Yeah, it is, and I know a door that that'll be open whenever you get ready to share that yeah. sto- that other story that you got going on. And you want to talk about November? Um, November eighteenth, uh, we we really feel called to men. Um, Jamie's been on here, Vale, uh, Jeff, uh, Holloway. Um, David, me, Michael, we've been talking about this thing. And so we 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 were looking at it and we're going to start at 10:30 on the 18th. Um Jeff's bringing a tent stage. Uh we've got some some other things. Uh Jeff's friend from Texas is coming. And the podcast that we're calling it now, What's Your Story? That's what popped into my head. Um and I really feel like it's going to be an opportunity for for people, men, to get up and share their story. Share a testimony. A testimony, kind five of like minutes. What, I mean, exactly what Roger did here. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's just, I'm sure that that's just one story. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, that you've, you've seen. I, I know it's just one story. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but uh, you know, get up five minutes. Uh, Jeff's going to speak a message. I've told him what my thoughts were on what's your story. So I don't know what he's bringing. I'm not I'm not telling him what to bring. Um, but we're going to we're going to do that and give the men that are there the opportunity. And we're asking them to bring their sons um, because we went to an event. And it to me, 
it was it was not discouraging but i was disappointed in the fact that there were a lot of men there but there weren't a lot of sons there weren't a lot of kids and how do we expect to change the trajectory of our future if we're not willing to involve the the ones behind us mm-hmm. you know we've we i was fortunate my daddy put up a lot with me losing tools and and <laughs> and dragging stuff through the woods and and everything but there came a point several years ago where we were we were doing stuff and he looked at me and he said i can't keep up with you <laughs> and i turned around to him and i said daddy you ain't supposed to at this point i said you're not supposed to keep up with me you're supposed to do what you want to do what you're capable of doing and and the rest i'll take care of here i am you know 38 years old you're you're 74 that that's what your job is now have fun yeah. Now, it scared me because he had the chainsaw in his hand, <laughs> and it was the little one, but, but that was all he could run. And, and after that day, I went and got him a battery-powered one because yeah. I figured out. But, but that, how do we expect to get to a point where the next generation is ready to, to take on if we're not involving them through the process that we're going through? Right. And so that's where this came up, and then we're going to do um, an old-fashioned tent revival is what we're calling it, Saturday evening. The the wives, kids, family, you know, we're going to call them back. Um, those that can come Sunday morning and Sunday evening. Um, Jeff Gore from Texas is going to speak those times, but he's got to get back to Texas for Thanksgiving. His mama's in her 90s, and uh, – He's got to get back to her. But I said, you know, if if Monday evening, Tuesday evening, Wednesday evening, God's doing something, we're going to be right there under the tent, you know. Um, but but that's where we fit, we're feeling. It's not my job as the pastor to tell all the stories, you know. And and that's where God's telling me, give the opportunity. For stories to be shared. Well, we want to inspire others. Exactly. To, to share their story, to to relate to the next generations. Yeah. Hey, if you ever come up on this, here's what you need to do. Um, you know, it's some some kids don't have fathers to mm-hmm. look up to, and 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 that's something that we need to we need to get into that. Um, right. What community? Whatever you know. It ain't just one community, it's, but it's all over our county. But we need to uh, um, inspire them. And one thing that when he was talking about the event, the one thing the enemy don't want is godly men in the church. Right. Because if he can take them godly men out of the church, then there's there's no backbone for the churches. Right. And that's that's why... A lot of churches are run by women now because all the men have fallen off and the, the women are running churches. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And and uh, that's one thing he, he, the enemy attacks the most is the men of the church. Right. And I got a challenge for everybody that's listening. Um, rumors always start about the negative things in people's lives. Why can't we start sharing stories of the positive things? I see it that are happening in people's lives. So God will get the glory instead of the negativity getting the glory mm-hmm. and the devil getting the glory. Let's let's talk about the positives and not the negatives. Yep. That's our pastor said that one time in a message. He said everybody most everybody shares their testimony focus on all the bad stuff they've done in their life. But they never focus on the change. Right. Where right. God changed them and then moving forward. Yeah, you can tell people you did all this stuff, but don't focus on that. No, because that that's just going to be a temptation for other people if you bring that up, bringing right. back memories in their head, all all kind of stuff. So, focus on what Jesus done for you. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Yeah, that helped because I was stuck in a spot in the story I'm preparing for that November event. Yeah. And and that's rumors. 
Yeah. Why? Why? It's gossip. It's 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 stories. But let's turn it. And and there's always going to be people in the in the group that's going to be like, well, congregation that's going to listen to your story. And the first thing, I, well, did you know so and so did this, this, and this back in the day? Right. And that's all they're there for is to gossip. And then when it gets them. back to you, right. say, you know how they knew that? I told them. I told them in the church. It's okay. Yep. You know, it ain't something new. That's right. Um, but that's that's what God's wanting to do through us. Yep. Um, is encourage, edify, build up one another. Um, so, so that's you know, we've got the opportunity to change the trajectory of where we're going by letting God take over and and guide us in that direction. That's right. He's pointed us in the right direction, and he's going to guide us, continue to guide us through. What That's right. Um, talking about the trajectory, one thing that uh, my marriage counselor, when I was going through that rough time, he spoke about was uh, generational curses that happen, like the way now, that's just the way I was raised. Yeah. Not saying that I have one, but I want my son to be better than me as yeah. a husband when he gets to that point. I want to be, want him to be more godly man than I am. And that and that's really powerful when you think about it because that there's so many. And even with your daughters, if, if my daughter watches the me treat my wife really bad, then that's what she's going to expect out of a man. Yeah. But if she treats me, treat my my wife like a queen like she's precious then she's gonna somebody treats her bad when she starts dating which probably won't be till she's 30 but (laughs) (laughs) anyways but she sees somebody treating her bad or somebody does she's like my daddy don't treat my mama that way i'm not gonna date you that's how i've raised mine and i've told her i want you to find somebody better than me i'm not looking i'm not too many times we see people that are meeting the status quo and so you know with my daughter i've told her time and time again you find somebody that's better than me you know and and i've also told her the best place to find them is in the church Mm -hmm. you can go other places and look for somebody but if you go to those places are you gonna find what god has in store for you there there's a chance that you know but but the chances are even better that you're not. Right. And you're going to go down a road that isn't going to be what God has for you. But if you can get into the church and, and serve in ministry at a young age and find somebody that has the passion that you do for what God's calling you to, you're, you're more likely to find a godly mate that compliments you and and you you go somewhere with them that takes a lot less time than if you have to get everything straightened out because you messed it up (laughs) yeah well where are we at we we're 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 good we're at an hour and three minutes (laughs) hey (laughs) yeah longer than i thought it was gonna be (laughs) yeah Roger thought he'd be done in 15 minutes. <laughs> 15 minutes, going back to the house. <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, I just wanted to remind all the family members about the Bowen reunion. Uh, that's in Hoboken on September 17th. That's it. Sunday, su- Sunday September the 17th. Technically, a week from next Sunday. Yeah, not this next Sunday, but the next. So. Technically, I'm in the Bowen family, my wife. Well, married in family is from the Bowen family, right? So, Jolie and all them. Yeah, it's well. We expect you to be there. Yeah, <laughs> Kim poked over here. Yeah, we did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, bring a covered dish, finger foods, anything you can sop up with a biscuit. Yeah, yeah. Just have a cover on it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you want to get us in, lead us in prayer, and get us out of here, dear Lord? We just thank you for this time uh, sharing. Um, we pray that you would inspire the words that have come forth to, to speak to somebody. We ask you to continue to bring um, glory to our wretched 
stories of how we've messed up, but that you have made something of it. You've turned our lives around. I ask you to be with us as we go out this week. Uh, Bless our paths to cross others that we can impact with your love, your kindness, your goodness. We just ask you to um, bless this podcast. Speak to people through it. Continue to, to allow me and Michael to come across paths with people that have a story to share. And we give them that opportunity because of you. We just ask you to, to cover us with health and healing and safety this week as we go out. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.